Welcome everybody to part one of episode three of Ad Aster, a litany of self-care lessons. Today we'll be interviewing the incredible 2020 National Youth Poet Laureate Mira Descupta and hear her insights on practicing self-care as a young writer and activist. So to start off, could you introduce yourself, your accomplishments, your favorite genre of writing, your favorite snack food, just like who you are as a person? Thank you, Elizabeth, for inviting me, first of all. So my name is Mira. My pronouns are she, her, hers. And I'm currently the 2020 United States Youth Poet Laureate. So that's just a preface for my hobby, which is poetry, which is why I'm here. And in terms of a favorite snack, I would say anything with coffee. I drink coffee, but if it's coffee flavored, you can probably find me having that as well. <laughs> So for our first question, we were wondering, as an activist and as a poet, how do you balance your mental health while writing about topics that can have like a lot of emotional weight, like climate change? Yeah, definitely. And I think the important part is to know that in the end, you are writing for yourself. So I know that there's sometimes days when you're just like, oh, I can't do anything. I just have to sit and think and that's completely valid and okay because sometimes the best things can come out of that and the best works can come out of just periods at which you're just thinking and sitting within yourself as well. And in terms of balancing everything, especially now, I think that being currently I'm a high school senior as well. So that's been interesting in terms of college applications in addition to everything else. But I think that being able to organize your priorities, first of all, and I think there's a lot to prioritize, but at some point you also have to think what you're particularly passionate about in the moment. Like if it's climate action, focus on climate action, because I know that there's sometimes so many things that you want to focus on and it feels like you have the weight of the world on your shoulders as well. But I think you have to also come to terms with the fact that there are so many other organizers and so many other amazing people who are also trying to work towards these initiatives and in these movements. So you have to take the time for yourself to think about what you truly want to work in and what you feel like you can make a difference in, whether it's on the national or even in the local scale in your own communities. So I think just doing that will help a lot in terms of balancing mental health and your activism. Yeah, thank you so much, Mira. That's really important, especially the part about passion, because like, if you know what you're passionate about, then that takes away a lot of stress because you're loving what you're doing and it's not work, it's just doing what you love. So on to our next question. What are some great ways to unwind or practice self-care for youth in general, like based on your own experience or just tips you've heard from other people? Yeah, so I feel like it really depends on the person, first of all, in terms of self-care, because I know that different people have different ways of feeling better as well. Like for me, writing can be a way, but for other people, they think, oh no, writing, that's going to make me even more stressed out, even though I'm sure that perhaps you can find a genre that may be best for you, because I know that there's a very wide variety, like people draw graphic novels, and that's still a form of writing and still being creative. In terms of self-care, I think you have to think about what is most 
prevalent to you in the moment, what you need in the moment. And I think that's, first of all, necessities. If you need food, (laughs) if you need sleep, that should be the first thing on that list of self-care. I have been known to not sleep eight hours, probably much less than that right now. But I know that if I had anything that I would do, if I had an extra hour, it is probably just sleep. If that's on your list of self-care, that can be a form of self-care. But if you have extra time in addition to the bare necessities that are necessary for survival, then I think that reading a book, reading other people's work can also be very empowering. (laughs) And even if it's some form of taking a shower, taking a bath, going outside or taking a walk safely with your mask right now, of course, but I think that whatever feels right to you in the moment can be a form of self-care and maybe it'll change, maybe it won't, but you can find it no matter where you are or how you are in the moment. How does writing like affect your mental health? Like I feel like, especially right now, like in the midst of an election, as we're filming this, it often feels like there's a lot of bombardment of like information and stuff. And is writing an effective way to process that for you? Is like an a healthy way of coping with everything? Yeah, I think it's definitely a healthier way of coping with things, especially considering all the other things that you can do in replacement of it. But I I really think that it has helped. And like I said before, there are days when you feel like it's very overwhelming. You just want to rest, think about everything, have the feelings wash over you as well. There are days like that, I'm sure. But I think that by being able to get everything down on the page, it can let you reflect a lot more. And sometimes that's useful, especially because as we've seen, history is very cyclical. So just having everything down and reading it can allow you to backtrack and think about all the ways that not only the world is being impacted right now, but the ways that you can also help in terms of just writing for yourself. I feel as if not all of your writing has to have an audience as well. Like sometimes you can just write in a notebook and that can be just for you. And I think that it allows you to hold some sort of importance to yourself and reminding yourself that not everything has to be shared with the world. And maybe you want to, maybe there's an audience you think would be perfect for something that you wrote. But I think that writing doesn't always have to be something to be shared on in front of thousands of people. And it can really, even if it's your family or your pet dog, you just want to read something. I think that's enough for just writing in terms of what's happening right now. Yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah. I know like in my experience, like journaling is like really effective and there's like a difference between like writing for yourself and writing for an audience. And sometimes it's just really therapeutic to just like scribble down whatever whatever's in your mind. And I know um, social media has a lot of impact on how we view self-care and just mental health in general. So I'm curious, um, how has your relationship been with social media and how does it like affect your mental health? And like, how do you make sure like to still have it as a platform, but not let it like get too overwhelming, especially like with the election, like Maddie said, like news um, like every day. Yeah, so in terms of social media, I think that it's become a way for people to be more interconnected, especially now there are some benefits. Um, If you watch The Social Dilemma on Netflix, though, (laughs) there are definitely 
many other problems as well with it in terms of how it shapes the way you think and your perspective. Yeah, I did watch that and I was not necessarily too surprised, but it was some, some things were definitely shocking. But I, I think that it can definitely influence your perceptions, which is why you have to be wary about that and try to think about where you consume your media because sometimes like being aware is still really good especially now because when you're boxed in four walls it's nice to kind of know what's happening not only in America but across the world because sometimes you kind of only think about oh this is what's happening in New York this is what's happening in the city and you forget that there's so many other people who are experiencing the same exact thing so in terms of social media effect on mental health, which I know was towards the beginning of the question, um, towards the beginning as well. I think that you should definitely take it in moderation because when you're looking at, you're consuming so much in such a short frame of time, and especially if a lot of it is talking about many issues or problems without necessarily having solutions to them, because I know that many accounts do that, um, in terms of posing solutions and youth activism. And that's very uplifting because you can scroll through all of those and it makes you feel empowered. But other times it's just feeds of all of the things that are happening that may be going wrong right now. Like I know that towards the beginning of the pandemic, there were just so many posts just saying, oh, the world 2020, everything is ending. And I think that you have to also think about the fact that you also have power, you have a personal power, and no one can take that from you. Despite everything that's happening, you have your own identity. And I think that it's something that you can maintain. And sometimes you may not feel like, oh, I can't help other people because I have to prioritize myself first. So I think that you should always keep that in mind because before you can be an activist and before you can go out in communities and neighborhoods and find ways to hold impact on other people's lives, the first thing you have to do is try to make sure that you put yourself first. Like I said so many times before, but that's the main message of this mental health talk as well. So I think that's very important to think about when looking at social media. Yeah, if anyone... Uh, listening to this is not watch the social dilemma on Netflix. It's seriously, I, a lot of the stuff is expected, but it seriously like puts everything in the world really going on, like in conversation with social media, like fake news and the polarization of like our whole country. And it can kind of feel uncontrollable at times or like something you can feel powerless really. So like, what's your advice to teen writers who want, who are growing up in this space, in this world, who want to balance their self-care with writing about vulnerable and sometimes draining experiences? There's definitely times when I look at the writing that I do and I'm like, wow, that's the way I think I'm thinking right now because you don't really know until you start writing and then you look at it and you realize, wow, that's the way it's going. It's just down <laughs> because the last sentence really hits home all of the feelings that have been throughout the piece as well. But I think the way that you can balance it is, first of all, I don't think you should push yourself so hard that there are tears streaming down your face while you're writing. That's something that um, my mentors have taught me because there is a limit to at which you can push yourself because something may be so draining. We don't want you to go into the deep pit of emotions 
where you feel like you can't come back out because that's a little bit, I don't know, if you feel like it's cathartic, that's one thing. But if it's just something that doesn't feel very happy to you, if you feel really bad after it, writing should never feel bad. It should be a way for you to be vulnerable if you want to. But if you want, in terms of pushing yourself and having that limit and setting that limit for yourself, I think that you should, of course, challenge yourself to find other emotions, other identities, and try to relate it to the world. You should also keep in mind that there's so many other ways that you can write poems. You can always change the narrative because I know that you can write what's happening in the world right now, but you can also change it. And you can keep that in mind in your writing as well. So like that was something that I had problems with at first. I was like, how do I write an empowering poem? How do I do that? I think you have to really take it within yourself because even with all of the cynicism you may have and skept and being skeptical and even though the world it may feel like there's so many of the negative emotions appearing around you you can be your own beam of light and that's very cliche that was a very cliche sentence that just came out of my mouth but I just I just think that in this time you can also think of yourself as a person who can uplift and one of those people who is there to uplift as well. Rather than being a newscaster, you're a writer in addition to that, which means that you have the ability to input your emotions and change people's feelings. And perhaps maybe you'll post it on Instagram and you'll be the one post in the sea of posts that makes everyone feel just a little bit better on a day that may not feel as good. Wow, that was that was really inspiring and it was so it was so uplifting to like hear your take on this. Thank you for coming here. Well, not coming because like we're all socially distanced, but like for hopping on the Zoom and taking the time to talk with us about self-care and writing and just like all the amazing things you're doing. Thank you so much for joining us, Mira. Thank you for inviting me. This is really enlightening talk as well. Alrighty, the team is back. I'm Celine. I'm Maddie. I'm Liz. And I'm Caroline. So now we'll be discussing our top 10 tips for self-care. We provide a brief overview of each tip today and we'll go into all of them in depth in our second part of this episode. So stay tuned for that. So our first tip is music and how it can lift your mood. Our second tip is going to be about taking walks and how that can be both a creativity booster and a serotonin multiplier. There's also hanging out with friends, either in person or through Zoom. But like, it's preferable to have it through Zoom right now because of COVID and you should stay safe and healthy. Also, another tip that's about writing is journaling. And it's like a little less stressful than writing because like you can just write about whatever, write about your feelings, write about your hopes, write about like a new cake recipe you made like in a dream or something. But yeah, it's just really helpful to have like no limits and just like write about whatever and just like it's good for your mental health. Our fifth tip is sleep, something our body needs and something we as writers often never get enough of. And our sixth tip is going to be on social media and how we can take breaks from social media because most of you probably know it's not always the best for our mental health and self-comparison. So we'll cover how to just free ourselves from the pressures and make it a productive experience. Another tip 
that's important and it might sound really basic but don't forget to like consume food and like drink water it's helpful like for the brain and just to make sure like you don't feel like you're gonna pass out so just like yeah take care of yourself with nutrition and water and you should set limits in terms of writing what you feel comfortable about like use writing as some sort of self-exploration or healing or all that zen stuff like try to find yourself through it don't push yourself into crying when you're writing just go with the flow uh and our next tip is reading the perfect escape from a stressful world that can inspire you without all of the drawbacks of social media our final tip is doing something active like running or jogging or like any physical activity that makes you happy because even though we as writers might not consider ourselves athletes it's actually really helpful and there's multiple studies that show that exercising releases serotonin yay science running or like doing active things like gets you out in nature and really makes you feel um like you're in control and productive and just it, it gives you like a feeling of accomplishment without all the stress of writing or whatever you may be feeling right now. So it's just a really good way to get away from that stress. All right, so that was a quick summation of our 10 top tips for young writers practicing self-care. And be sure to stay tuned for our next episode, part two of this episode, where we'll go more into depth on each of these and strategies for maximizing the mental health of yourself as you write and go through this really troubling time and we're here for you so really excited for you uh to tune in and just like vibe with us yeah